Amen. You can serve God, and He doesn't ever get stale. He is fresh and new every day. He gave the children of Israel new manna every morning. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready for the manna of God's Word this morning? Amen. We are so delighted to have evangelist Mike Easter with us. Amen. He has blessed us this week. Amen. Wednesday night. My, what a time. If you are not a Wednesday night churchgoer, you should rethink your position. Amen. Because Wednesday night we had quite a time right here. Amen. And Brother Easter is going to be ministering this morning and in our evening service. So we invite you to come back and bring a guest with you. At this time, let's welcome evangelist Mike Easter from Newport News, Virginia. We love you, Brother Easter. your wonderful pastor, Pastor Myers, First Lady, Sister Myers, we appreciate them so much, Bishop and Dr. Myers, what a legacy you have here in this wonderful church, amen, what a legacy, praise God, praise God, and I appreciate the good, solid Bible teaching that we are blessed to have here. Bishop, when I was in the office just listening to your, your ministry this morning, we need that kind of teaching. Amen. You need to know where you come from. Amen. You need to know where you're going. Praise God. And I, I encourage you. It's, not, it's worth it. If you come, you have to get up a little earlier to get here for Sunday school, for Bible training. It is worth it. You don't know what you are missing. Amen. And we can't afford, amen, to miss any good meals. Hallelujah. In end times, the Bible says in the end times there will be a famine of the word of God. People are starving for the word. Amen. It's our necessary food. And if we intend to be ready when that trumpet sounds, and this is not something you need to play around with, it's got to be number one. It's got to be uno. It's got to be first. It's got to be alpha. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, my brothers and sisters, there is a sense of urgency in the air. Every time I get to a pulpit and look across the congregation, I sense an urgency in the air. I tend to believe, and I believe it with all my heart, this could be the last sermon I ever get to preach. I've got to make it count. This could be the last sermon you will ever get to hear. You've got to make it count. So my prayer this morning is God, saturate us with your spirit. Break down every wall, every barrier. Cancel every assignment of the enemy. Touch every ear to hear, every heart to receive. Let your Holy Ghost penetrate our being. Move on us. Shake us. Work on us. Operate on us, Lord. But, Father, 
Don't let one person leave the same way they came in. Let your will be done. Everyone say in Jesus' name. This morning I have a message from you for you, and it's nothing you don't know already. In fact, that's what I'm going to title it. Nothing you don't already know. I'm not, I don't have no new revelation. I don't have no real smart, clever ways of telling you these things. I'm just going to tell you nothing that you don't already know. Amen? You have your Bibles. I want to ask if you go with me to the Gospel of St. John. Chapter 3, we begin at verse number 14. John's Gospel, chapter 3. And I'm going to read the words of Jesus Christ from verse 14 to verse number 18. And I pray today that you will listen with fresh ears. Amen. Lord, speak to us this morning. John 3, beginning at verse number 14, Jesus, Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he have not believed in the name. Because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Hallelujah. Nothing you don't already know. You may be seated. When Jesus speaks, he means exactly what he says. It is incumbent upon us to study the word, to read the word, but not only that, to absorb the word, to let that word get inside of us, to meditate upon it, not to casually read it and pass it by, but let this word be what it is, a mirror. We need to look into the word, and I guarantee you, when you look into the word, you're going to see yourself. And the Bible instructs us not only to hear, but be a doer of the word. Not to just look at the word and see ourselves and casually walk away and forget what we saw. Brothers and sisters, this word is our life. 
This word is our map. This word is the means by which we know and understand and comprehend the will of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. But many people look at the word of God as nothing more than a novel, a book of somebody else's writings. No, my friend, the word of God is true. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. The word of God, hallelujah, will last when everything else burns up. The word of God is what we need inside of us. One of the first things we need to understand when we, need, when we read God's word is we need to re realize that God has a plan for all of us. We are not here by mistake. We are here on purpose for a purpose. When I look across this great congregation and I see all these beautiful people, some people might see hair and skin and clothes, but I see more than that. I see a living soul. And brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors, we need to adapt the same kind of vision. We need to be able to see one another as living souls. When God created man, he created man in his image. God created man in his likeness. In other words, there are some things about God that he put inside of every one of us. And one thing that God put inside of us that is like him is eternity. God created you to live for eternity. God created you not to die. He didn't create you to get sick. He created you to spend eternity with him for ages without end. You are an eternal soul. And all the tricks that the devil has come up with, and all the schemes that Satan has come up with, amen, to separate you from God and to destroy you from God's plan. There is one thing the devil could not change, and that is your soul is still eternal. But here's the problem. Your soul is going to spend eternity in one place or the other. There is a false thinking in the religious world. There's a false thinking in our world today that when a person dies, it's all over. It is not all over. When you leave this life into the afterlife, it's just beginning. Eternity never ends. Now, you cannot decide on being born. You had no choice. You had no choice about who your parents were. You had no choice about the neighborhood you grew up in. But you do have a choice as to where you're going to spend eternity. It's either going to be in heaven or it's going to be in everlasting judgment. But you will spend eternity someplace. Sometimes we focus only on this life as if this is all that is. Everything about us is all about living right here. The world says, live, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die, and it's all over. That's a lie. 
Hallelujah. Someone asked a question of me years ago. Brother Easter, how can I be sure on where I go in the hereafter? I answered them, that depends on what you go after here. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to live for the Lord. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I believe this book. I believe that Jesus is real. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Satan has a plan for all of us. But God has a plan as well. Look at the prophet Jeremiah, if you will, chapter 29 of the prophet Jeremiah, God begins to reveal his plan for all of us. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. This is the Lord speaking. God said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Did you know God was thinking about you all day today? God was thinking about you all last night while you was in your bed sleeping. God was thinking about you when you got in your car to come to church. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. What kind of thoughts are they, God? Thoughts of peace, not of evil. I want to give you an expected end. Hallelujah. I want you to know what I have in store for you. I want your end to be joyous. I want the end of this life for you, amen, to be splendid, to be fantastic. I want you to have an expected end. I don't want to hold you, amen, in, in, in doubt and in question. I want you to know what I have prepared for you. I've been thinking about you. I've got a plan for you. When God puts you here, he puts you here for a purpose. God wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to multiply. He wants you to walk with him. He wants you to talk with him. That's the very reason why he created us. He wants us to know him, to believe in him, to live with him. That's real life. That's real joy. That's what the world is looking for, but they don't know where to find it. He said, I have a plan for you. Billions of people are not saved today because they don't know God's plan. Multitudes have spent their whole lives not knowing the will of God for them. People are walking around blind. They're walking around being lied to. They're walking around being deceived and deceiving themselves. Some even have the audacity to think there is no God. You know, I think it takes more faith to believe there's no God than to believe that there is one. The evidence of God is all around us. You ever looked at your finger when it got cut and watch it heal? You ever looked at a flower that blooms in the springtime? You 
ever seen the clouds form and move across the sky, being moved on by the invisible wind? You ever seen the sun rise in the sky? Have you ever seen a moonlit sky at night? Have you ever seen the mountains and the majesty? There is a God. Listen, listen. If there is a house, there is an architect. If there is a painting, there is a painter. If there is a car, it didn't just happen. Somebody manufactured it. If there is creation, there is a creator, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He really does exist. Somebody say he's real. People need to wake up and recognize there's a real living God that we are dealing with. And this mighty God, this awesome God, all-powerful God, the judge of the universe, he wants to talk to you. He wants to sit down and reason with you while we run from God. While we hide from God. That's the nature of man. That's the problem. Man don't run to God. Man runs from God. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. It began in the garden. That same nature is in, uh, is in us today. It's easier to run from God than to run toward God. Sin will do that to you. Adam had the nerve to think he can hide. From the all-seeing God. Adam and Eve took off in the garden, began breaking off branches to cover themselves. Brothers and sisters, you can't cover yourself. You can't cover your sin. You can't hide your mistakes. God knows it all. But the cool thing about God is he always gives us an opportunity to come to him, to confess our sins, to get it right. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came walking in the cool of the day. The Spirit of God came looking for Adam. Oh, I thank God he's always looking for you. I thank God he's always coming after us. He came looking for Adam. And guess what? Adam was not in his place. God never moves. It's us that moves. The Spirit of the Lord cried out. Adam, where are you? As if God didn't know. How many know God knew where he was? Hallelujah. So that tells me that question was not for Adam. That question, no, that question was not for God. God knew where Adam was. Rather, the question was for Adam. What God was really saying was this. Adam, do you know where you are. Where are you? And I believe even this morning in this sanctuary, the Holy Spirit of the living God is still asking that question all across this sanctuary. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Are you in the place you ought to be? Are you hidden off somewhere? Have you been lost and you don't even know it? Do you know where you are? And it's an important question. The Bible says take heed to yourself. 
Examine yourself. Shake yourself. And don't fall into the complacency of self-deceit. There's so many people that are filling up churches and they are lost in the house. I don't want to spend my time in church and still go to hell. God, shake me. Wake me up. Make sure I'm where I need to be. I need to get real. I need to get honest with myself. Where are you? God has a plan. Isaiah chapter 1, if you will. Isaiah chapter 1. The Lord speaking to the prophet. Beginning in verse number 18. This, this is the judge of all creation speaking to mankind. God said, come now. Let us reason together. Let's sit down together. Let's figure this out together. Say it's the Lord. Listen. Though your sins be as scarlet, though your sins be deep, though the stain be deep, they shall be white as snow. Doesn't matter what sin you've committed. Doesn't matter how bad you've been. God said, sit down, let's talk about it. You can't cleanse yourself. You can't wash yourself. Though your sins be red like crimson, I'll make them white as wool. God is well able. Hold on a minute. Verse number 19. If, and we'll say if. It's all predicated on that little word, if. If you be willing and Obedient. It's not enough to say, I want to go to heaven. You've got to be obedient to the word of God to get there. You've got to be willing and obedient. If you would do that, you shall eat of the good of the land. But if you refuse and if you rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. What has God done? He's given you a, a, the ability to choose. And he's given you two directions to choose from. You can be willing today and obedient. Or you can refuse and rebel. You can take the straight road that leads to salvation. Or you can go on the great wide road that leads to destruction. You can take on the name of Jesus whereby all men are saved. Or you can be satisfied being religious and be lost. It's your choice, sir. And nobody can make the choice but you. And you can't make your choice depending on what somebody else did. You can't make your choice depending on how you feel. But you got to make your choice on the unadulterated word of God. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Make your choice. People say, well, brother, I don't like that kind of pressure. That's why I don't like going to church. You preachers are always putting pressure on me. That's my job. God said, put pressure on them. Why are you complaining? The devil put pressure on you 24-7. The devil always putting pressure on you to walk against the will of God, to give in to your desire, give in to your flesh, do what you want to do. But God said, no, repent of your sin. Turn around and come to him. Time is too short. To be caught between two opinions. Make up your mind. This salvation thing, you're not going to get in with a group. 
Well, I'll follow that group. I'll go with this group. This is not a group thing. It's an individual thing. When you come in through the gate, when you come in through that straight and narrow path, you've got to walk in by yourself. Some folks like to run in together in a group. All my friends going to go in together. We, we hanging together. If you go, I'll go. Amen? If, if you go up to pray, I'll go up to pray. If you worship, I'll worship. If you sit up front, I'll sit up front. I'm telling you, we need to get out of that mentality. When you stand before the great white throne, you're going to be standing by yourself. If you pray or not pray, I'm praying. If you go up or not go up, I'm going. I've got to make my own decision. Whether it's popular or unpopular, I've got to make it for me. I've got to do it for me. If my wife don't go, I'm going. If my children don't go, I'm still going. I've got to make it. Hallelujah. The Bible says save yourself. got a problem. I believe Pastor got a new book, don't he? Called Heaven. <laughs> we got a problem. Amen. People, we have a problem. You can't ignore it. And you can't cover it up. That problem is called sin. And it's a problem all of us have. But the Bible says all have sinned. Falling short of the glory of God. We are all destined to go to hell. We are all destined to go to the lake of fire. Well, it's not my fault. Maybe not. But you inherited something. You got a virus in your blood that you got from Adam. And it's called sin. And there's nothing you can do about it. Hallelujah. We got the sin virus. We were born with the sin virus. And there's nothing that can conquer it but the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only hope we've got. That's the only way out of this situation. We've got some trouble. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And see, that's another thing. Death, death, death. Some people think, well, I live like I want to live. And when I die, it's all over. No, it's not. Death. The definition of death. What is death? Death is not being in a casket. Death is not going down in the grave. Death is a separation from God. That's what death is. And there are some people living their lives separated from God. You know what that means? There are living dead people. Jesus said, you have no life in you. Hallelujah. You live by your own terms. You're doing what you want to do. Following your own dictates of your own flesh and your own mind. You're doing your own thing. Walking, living, separated from the eternal God. That's a, that's a living death. But then there is the dying death. That's when you stop living in the physical world. But worse than that is spiritual death. When you die spiritually, 
Hallelujah. You can't feel God. You can't reach God. You can't touch God. Eternal death is not the eternal end of anything. It's eternal punishment. Being cast out in a lake of fire, twirling around away from the presence of God for eternity. Never ending. Never quit feeling. Never quit thinking. Never quit existing. That's a horrible thing to think about. And most people don't want to think about it. They put it far from them as if it doesn't exist. They don't or they choose, brother, not to believe it. But God is a good God. God is a loving God. Surely a God like that won't send people to hell. You're true. You're telling the truth. God doesn't send people to hell. People choose. People choose. He's done everything to keep you out of hell. He's put a church here. He's put a pastor here. He put his word here. He put his name here. He put his spirit here. Everything you need to live in his presence for eternity. God did it. And if that's not enough, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What more does he have to do? I'm doing any good up here today. I'm trying my best. I want you to get this. This could be my last sermon. Sin is on your record. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take you all to court. Y'all want to go to court? Don't nobody want to go to court. It is intimidating. I don't like going to court. Anybody been to court in the last six months? Raise your hand if you had to go to court for anything in the last six months. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I had to go to court. Yes, Brother Easton had to go to court. It was a traffic situation. (laughs) And uh, hadn't been to court in years. I went downtown to the courthouse, had to find the proper floor, and there was three courts in session on that floor. And I got there, and court had already started, and I'm walking down that hallway, and you know, the hallway was empty. Everybody was in court. And you're walking down that hallway, you could hear your heels clicking. You're like, man, is anybody else in here? And then I'm sitting there thinking, okay, which court am I supposed to be in? And they have this, this glass enclosure next to the door with all the names, a list of names. And I went there, and I started looking for my name, and, and I didn't see it. I said, oh, wait, maybe there's a chance that my name is not on that docket. So I went to the next court, and I looked at the glass enclosure, and I looked down the list, and there it was, Michael Easter. Okay, I looked at those doors, and there's a big sign right outside the door that said, Quiet Court in Session. I took a deep breath, and I pulled open those doors, and I walked inside the courtroom. And it was weird because 
it felt like I've been there before. It reminded me of church. They had a center aisle with pews. And just like in church, everybody was sitting toward the back. I walked in and looked around, and I'm like, man, and they had ushers with guns. And I sat toward the back, and I'm looking around at everybody, and I'm praying, Lord, all these people in here, they're going to be hearing my case. And when they call folks up and the judge begin to deal with them, everybody in the courtroom eased up in their chair trying to listen. I said, Lord, let me be the last one. And they calling people's names up there. I mean, that judge was, boy, he was putting it out, fines and all kinds of stuff. Then finally, the time came. Michael Easter. I just sat there because I thought maybe it's another guy named Michael Easter. Lee. Michael Easter. That's me. I got up. I started walking down that center aisle. I'm telling you, friend, I never felt so small in my life. I stood in front of that court. I stood in front of the judge. And the judge, just like a Baptist preacher, he he was elevated, had on a black robe. I waved for him to say, but he he didn't do that. Judge had the books on his desk. He opened the books. He said, Mr. Easter, you are here charged with driving in excess of 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. Mr. Easter, do you consider yourself a good driver? What do you think I'm going to say? Uh, let's see, let's see. Now, I haven't had no, no bad wreck, no driving under influence, you know, no hitting no kid on a little bicycle or nothing like that. Yes, Your Honor, I'm a good driver. Well, according to your record, I don't think so. I'm like, well, why did he ask me for this? He said, Mr. Easter, on this date, this happened, on this date. Man, he had everything written down. I'm sitting there going, oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> then he looked at me and said, Mr. Easter, let me ask you a question. What do you do for a living? Everybody in the courtroom sat up in their chairs, started listening. I said, <coughs> Preacher. <coughs> What is that? Uh, sir, I'm a minister of United Pentecostal Church. Well, of all people. <laughs> Tell you what we're going to do, Mr. Easter. I want you back in this courtroom in six months. If you have no more traffic infractions against your record in six months, we'll come back and deal with this again. 
But right now, I want you to pay court costs. Go out that door. I'll see you in six months. Boom! I ran out that courtroom. I don't know how people can live in a court. Some folks in court every other week. It's intimidating, man. It you, your life is in his hands. And if I felt like that in a human court, what are you going to do when you stand before the great white throne judgment? On that day, I'm almost done, so hold on a second. That day, the Bible says death is appointed for all men. After that, the judgment. I don't care who you are, where you are, you're going to stand before the white throne. You will stand before the white throne, saved and unsaved. you got a date before the throne. And when Jesus Christ calls your name, and he will certainly do it, and you can sit here and smile and be smug and say, well, I don't believe all that. Believe it or not, it's going to happen. And when that day comes and your name is called in front of all the legions of angels and the church of the living God sitting in the balcony watching you, God's going to call your name. Brother, what's your name? Guess what? McGuire. Jeff McGuire. Jeff's going to be up in the crowd. And God's going to say, Jeff McGuire. Jeff's going to be like, Front and center. Jeff walks out there. Jeff's thinking to himself, you know, I'm not a bad person. I mean, I never hurt nobody. And try to do good. And I've been a good son. Jeff McGuire. Yes, Your Honor. Now, in, on God's desk, he got two books. Two books. The first book is the book of books, the Bible. He's going to judge you out of that. But first, he's going to judge you out of another book. It's called the book of life, your life. Your book has your name on it. Jeff McGuire. God takes your book. If you pass this, then he's going to go to the Bible and judge you. Your book is divided in the three chapters, chapter one, whoo, acts of transgression. Every sin you've ever committed from the time you were old enough to know right from wrong has been written down, dated, every sin. And all it takes is one for you to be cast into the lake of fire. Every sin. All it takes is one. You in trouble. God goes through the list of transgression, but he's not done. That's a second chapter. Boom. Chapter two. Words. Every idle word you can stand in judgment for. What's recorded? Every curse word ever came out of your mouth. Every lie you ever told. That came out of your out of your mouth. All that gossiping, all that stuff that came out of your mouth has been written down, recorded, 
and is waiting for you in judgment. And all it takes is one for you to be cast in the lake of fire. Jeff is standing there shaking. He's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know God was taking them kind of wretches. I mean, who in there, who in there, who can be saved? Ain't nobody can be saved. Wait a minute, you got another chapter to go. What? Chapter 3, boom. Thoughts. Thoughts? But God, I only thunk it. I didn't do it. But wait a minute. As a man thinks, so is he. But God, I didn't do it. If you look at the woman, if you just look at her in lust, you're guilty. Man, that's, that's, that's too much. Ain't no way in the world nobody can be saved. Nobody can be saved. See, you're going by your standard. I'm, I'm not as bad as she is. I'm not as bad as he is. And I'm a good person. You're going by your standards. God's standard is perfection. And there's nobody in here perfect. We all come short of God's standard. God, who can be saved? The judge looks at Jeff McGuire, and the judge says, Jeff McGuire, how do you plead against these charges? Jeff's standing there, and everybody's listening. Jeff thinks to himself, if I stay innocent, I just lie. If I stay guilty, I just condemn my own self. How do you please? And all of a sudden, the judge gets up, steps off the podium, and the devil, a persecuting attorney. <laughs> the devil's getting upset. What's going on? Order in the court. This is out of order. This is out of order. Judge, what are you doing? The judge steps off into a side room, takes off his black robe, puts on a sports coat. The judge comes out the side door and walks up next to Jeff. He looked at Jeff and said, Jeff, I'm not your judge now. I'm your counselor. I'm your defense attorney. I'm your advocate with the father. The devil can't stand it. The devil's getting upset. Wait a minute. How can the judge be the lawyer? That's not fair. You're right, devil. God is not fair. I'm glad he's not fair. He's given us grace. He's given us mercy. He's given you another chance. Hallelujah. He's going to give you what you don't deserve. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish this little story right here. Your, dis, your defense attorney now is standing next to you, Jeff. And you're standing there sweating bullets. And you look at your attorney and said, all those charges against me, and I'm guilty of every one. And then Jesus looks at you and said, Jeff, I got a plan. I can get you out of this mess. What is that, Lord? I got my own book. Got my name on it. Jesus Christ. I came to this earth in the form of a man. I walked among men and I was tempted at all points just like you. But I didn't commit one sin. Look at my book, Jeff. 
Chapter 1, transgressions, empty pages. Chapter 2, words, empty pages. Chapter 3, thoughts, empty pages. Jeff, I'm the only one that's got a perfect book. Now, Jeff, you want to escape this? You want to get out of the fire? This is the deal. Let's trade books. You take my book, I'll take your book. You take my name, I'll take your name. You take my righteousness, I'll take your sin. Hallelujah. What you can't do for yourself, I'll do it for you because I'm able. Hallelujah. I've come to seek. I've come to save. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Jesus said, I've got it right here. Let's trade books. You don't have to take the punishment for your sin. I took it at Calvary. You don't have to be judged. I took your judgment on the cross. You don't have to suffer and die and go to hell. I went to hell in your place, but hell couldn't keep me. I got back up with the keys to life. And I want to give it to you. You don't have to pay the price I already paid. I'm not telling something you never heard before. I'm telling you something you already know. It's nothing new. But the problem is, though you know it, and some of you even say, well, I never read the Bible. It don't make no difference. You never heard a sermon? That don't make no difference. You never heard the name Jesus? Don't make a bit of difference. God's truth is marching on. He's preaching through you through nature. He's preaching through you through the world all around you. Hallelujah. Nothing can keep you from his eternal word. He's reaching for you, man. You've got to be more than just a good person. You've got to be more than just a church attender. You've got to be willing and you've got to be obedient. And that's what God is looking for. Willingness and obedience. And right now, as we get ready to close this service, and I'm going to give an appeal to people. And I'm calling only those that are willing. If you're not willing, stay where you are. Because nothing's going to help you anyway. And if you're not obedient, stay where you are. God doesn't honor disobedience. Well, I, I believe, but I'm going to do it my way. Go ahead. There are many ways that seem right. But the end thereof is death. We need to seek God's way. If I ask for a show of hands of how many here want to go to heaven and spend eternity with Jesus Christ, no doubt 98% of the hands will go up. But there's always some knucklehead that won't do it. 98% of hands will go up. I want to go to heaven. That's not the question. The question is, are you willing to do what God instructs you to do? And will you be obedient to it? We've heard enough sermons. We've had enough church. Time to make a decision. The love of God can't save you. Listen. The power of Almighty God 
can't save you. His massive love can't save you. Only your obedience to him can save you. Tell me, Brother Easton, what must I do? That's the question. What must I do? That's a Bible question. It's found in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. You can put that on the screen. The most important question anyone could ever ask in a church service. Don't just leave me hanging. Answer the question. Are you ready for the answer? Are you ready for the answer? If you're willing and obedient. The next verse gives the answer. Verse 38. And Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom in his hand, said unto all of them, Repent! In other words, quit sinning. Quit living in rebellion. Quit running from God. Turn around. Come to Him. Repent and be baptized. Every single one of you. No one, no one omitted. From the front to the back. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, it makes a difference, folks. Father won't do it. Son won't do it. Holy Ghost won't do it. Being sprinkled won't do it. Being dipped three times won't do it. People got all kinds of ways they do it. But it's got to be done in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The washing away of your sin. The erasing away of your sin. If you do those two things, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the water and that's the Spirit. The next verse says, this promise is to you and not just you, but it's to your children and not just them. For all, for all them that are fallen, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Who are the called ones? The ones that hear. The next verse. And with many other words did he testify and exhort. And Peter said, save yourself from this reckless, ungodly going to hell generation. Save yourself, ma'am. And do it God's way. If you're willing, only if you're willing, if you've never ever been baptized according to these scriptures, if you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you would know it because you're the one that did it. Well, brother, if I was baptized, my pastor said, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus said. 
Jesus said to do it, but he didn't. He didn't say repeat after me. He said baptize everybody, all nations, in the name. The name of the Father. What is the name of the Father? What is the name of the Son? What is the name of the Holy Ghost? Paul said, whatsoever you do, word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And here you are, you love the Lord, but if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, don't leave. This could be your last sermon. Brother Esau was baptized years ago, and I don't know what the preacher said. Get in line. The Bible says make your calling and election sure. You can be sure today. Brother Esau, I didn't come to church for this. What do you come to church for then? You come for a show? You come to be entertained? God is calling people to action, to obedience. I got a roast in the oven. Well, go ahead on to your roast because you're going to roast. Amen. This is the most important moment of your life right now. Make a decision. And so, what I'm doing now is I'm calling an altar call. What I mean by that, I'm calling people to come to the front of this platform. Only those that are willing to obey this word. If you are willing to repent of your sins, to give up fighting God, you're willing to quit playing religious games, then you're the first ones I want to see. You say, oh man, I don't want to go up front of everybody. Everyone Jesus called, he called them publicly. If you're ashamed of me, then my Father and his angels will be ashamed of you. Whosoever will, come quickly. Come unto me. I'm going to just sit right here because I feel the Lord here. Jesus said, come. If you're willing, come. The clock is ticking. The hour is short. The window of opportunity is getting narrow. Lots of people didn't wake up this morning. And they're burning in hell. And there are people in hell today who didn't believe they'd be there. And they're saying, you know what they're saying? Somebody, send somebody to my sister's house. Send somebody to my brother's house. Tell them people this is real. They don't want to come here. Come unto me. All ends of the earth. It's the same word for everybody. Come, all ye Catholics. Come on. All ye Presbyterians. Come on. I'm calling all Baptists, come. Methodists, come on up here. Church of Christ, come on. I don't care if you're a Jehovah Witness, come. If you're Muslim, turn around and come. Run. Are you willing? I pray that you are willing. You're willing? You've got a will. You can choose. Or not choose. God's going not going to make you do it. And by you stepping forth this, this morning, 
You're saying, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. You've heard it over and over, but you've done nothing with it. You've heard it over and over, but you haven't understood it. And some still can't understand it. But Jesus said, if you would just trust me, you will know hereafter. He honors obedience, not denomination. It's the same for every one of you. Pastor, do we have water in the baptistry? We got water in the baptistry. Some churches have baptismal Sunday. Every service here is a baptismal. We're ready all the time. I don't know if I'm going to get baptized today, though, brother. I worked on my hair all morning. You better forget your hair. You can fix that again. <laughs> you don't know what's waiting on you outside those doors. Well, I don't, I don't want to get all the way in the water. I didn't bring no extra clothes. Don't need no extra clothes. We got clothes ready for you. Already in the back. Everything you need is ready if you are willing. Now, the next part is, Pastor said, the water is warm. Are you willing? You willing? You want to do it? You want to do it? Are you willing, sir? You willing? Are you willing? Espanol. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Are you willing? Are you willing? Ain't no devil in hell gonna stop me. I'm gonna get what's mine. He promised it to me. Because it's in the book. Now the next question is, will you be obedient? Will you be obedient? Will you obey him? He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Will you obey him? Whosoever wants to be baptized, will you follow these folks here? They get ready to be baptized right now. If you want to be baptized, would you step up here? Come on, come on. You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. Do you have any question about it? If you have any doubt, get it straight today. Come on up here. Somebody's going to help you. They're going to lead you. Come on, somebody clap your hands. There are more than that. There's more than that. Everybody up here has already been baptized in Jesus' name. All of y'all baptized in Jesus' name. I can't believe it. Who among you here have never been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Who among the whole crowd have never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Raise them up high. Let me see. That's one. There's two. Just two? There's a little one? Oh, she's so sweet. 
Oh, if all of us could be like children. No adults over here? We got another one right here? Someone show this man where to go. They're going to show you where to go. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. If you want to be baptized, willing, 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 come up here now. Come on up here through this door. Come on, what are you doing? Let's go, let's go, let's go. The devil is making plans for you. But God has a plan for you. Come on, respond to the Holy Ghost. I'm tired of going to church just listening. I need to do something. I need to do something. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we what? Whereby we what? There's no other alternative, people. There's no other door. There's no other church. There's no other way. I know you're religious and I know you're faithful to your church, but have you been baptized in Jesus' name? That's the question. That's the question. I've been a Baptist all my life. Wonderful. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? It's in the book. You can't erase it. It doesn't matter if you're baptized or not. Oh, that's not what Jesus said. Hallelujah. (laughs) So all you folks came to the altar because you're willing. Because you're living in obedience. You've already obeyed the Lord in water baptism. Jesus said, except you're born again. He was talking to a religious man. Even even if you're religious, you can still miss out. He told Nicodemus, except you, priest, Bishop, elder, pope, except you be born again of the water and of the spirit. Even you can't get in. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give one more appeal, one more opportunity to be baptized in the only name that God recognizes. And that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Take his name, you take his book. Take his name, you take his righteousness. You take his name, he covers you with his blood. For the remission. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. You realize when a person gets baptized, and that preacher puts them in the water in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, and brings them out that water. All he did was get them wet. Because the blood is not there. The blood is in the name. And the devil don't want you to use the name. You, you get baptized all you want, but don't use the name. Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Don't y'all lie now. Who wouldn't want that name? 
I wanted. I'm not going to keep you here all day. We get ready to baptize some wonderful people. All of their sins are going to be washed away one more time. Anybody wants to be baptized, step up here quickly. No need to analyze it. No need to try to figure it out. You've already had time to do that. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. As the music plays, I want us to lift our hands toward heaven. Everyone that's here right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to be obedient to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, we want you to wash us over with your Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Ghost come upon you right now, all over this building. Hands lifted, hands lifted. Reach out to him. He's closer than you think. Call out his name. Praise him. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God is resting upon you, sir. The Spirit of God is settling upon you, ma'am. The Spirit of the Lord is being poured out right now in Jesus' name. To as many as received Him, to them He gives power. Be healed. Be strengthened. Be delivered. By the power of the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. Drink it in. Come on. Lift up your voice and drink it in. Holy Spirit of the living God. That's it, sister. As you worship Him, His Spirit comes more upon you. Receive it right now. Hallelujah. I want to do your will. I want to do it your way. In Jesus' name. Come on, don't look around. Don't look around. Look at Jesus. His Spirit is here in a mighty way. I receive you, Lord. Fill me up. Hallelujah. The more you praise Him, the more His presence. Hallelujah. 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 Open your mouth. Open your mouth and begin to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Heal in the name of Jesus. Strengthen in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. The Lord is touching you, ma'am. The Spirit of God is touching you. Jesus is touching you. Hey! Thank you, Lord. That's it, brother. The power of God is on you. Let the Spirit of the Lord, let it overflow in you right now in the name of Jesus. God, I need you. I want you more. Rise up inside of me. Live inside of me. Heal me. Strengthen me. Deliver me. Thank God for the truth. Right here. If thou canst believe, you and your household shall be saved. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord. Today is a brand new day. 
Today is a new opportunity. Come on. right now. Those of you who want to stay and celebrate the baptisms, please do. You want to meet us back at the cafeteria or the cafe for a little fellowship, we'll see you back there. If you happen to have any questions about salvation, the name of Jesus, receiving the Holy Ghost, please don't hesitate to ask. Tonight's service begins at 6.30. Come 6 o'clock for prayer. We're going to have another mighty presence of the Lord service in this house. Hallelujah. Great things have happened today. Greater things are yet to come with the time that we have left. Take advantage of the moment that God has given you. Live fully for the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. No.